Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Uh, we thank God for for this morning. Um, thank you, Brother Albert. Um, Albert is calling all the way from Ghana. Uh, so the, the virtual retreat this year is, is beneficial for some people. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, we thank God. Amen. We thank God you're able to join us and lead a prayer session. Amen. Um, so um, we know this morning is more of a family time, um, and I know we are all prepared for it. I can see some beautiful and handsome faces there. Uh, but before before we start dealing with family family matters, we are going to spend the next um, the next two hours in the Word. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. <laughs> no, this email you are saying is not from your heart. <laughs> amen. Amen. Um, yeah, we'll just spend the next while. I just want to talk about a few things here um, in the scriptures before we, we get into uh, the socializing, um, family fellowship part of things. Amen. Um, in First Peter, Amen. First Peter chapter one, uh, we are going to be focusing on the second part, that's from the verse thirteen to verse twenty-five. Um, but before I dive into that part, I want to just read a few verses uh, from the first part of the first chapter of First Peter, um, just to give us some context. Um, just to give us some context in. First Peter 1, verse 3. Um, starting from the verse 2, actually, it says, Grace to you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Mm. Hallelujah. It says, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Hallelujah. So we see here in the first, um, the first part of First Peter chapter 1, that he started talking about um, how that we are begotten through Jesus Christ. And it's talking about that our, our hope now is in him. And it says we are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Um, I just want to give us some context here to see, you know, what he's talking about. Here he's just talking about how that we've been saved, who has saved us, the hope that we have, and the power that is keeping us saved. So he's talking about Jesus is the one keeping us, and our faith is in that. And it's not in any other thing. In verse 6, it says, In this you rejoice greatly, though... Now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Um, I know this, yeah. not this weekend alone, but Pastor Sam has, has taught us several times how that. The fact that we are believers doesn't mean we will not go through uncomfortable things, uncomfortable from our perspective, from the human perspective. You know, it's uncomfortable to the flesh. It's, you know, it's, it's not pleasant. And here he's saying that we'll, 
though you have been grieved by various trials, the genuineness of your faith being much precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So um, with the exception of those, you know, hardships we go through as a result of our own foolishness, you know, our own foolish decisions that we make, God allows certain things to come just for the glory of his name. You know, we, we, we know about missionaries, a lot of believers who are in, you know, hard areas in the world preaching the gospel. Is it that they don't have faith, you know, and are they going through those trials because they don't trust God or they don't have faith or, you know, and did Jesus go through what he went through because he did not have faith or because he did not pray enough or he did not fast or no, he went through all that, that the name of God will be glorified. Hallelujah. And, and this scripture here, you know, when I read this, it, it's saying that the genuineness of your faith may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus. So all these things we go through, it tests the genuineness of our faith. You know, some people, um, or sometimes when people go to preach, they're like, okay, come to Jesus and he'll give you that and that and that and that. So they come one year, two years, and maybe that sickness is still there, or there's still no money in their bank accounts. And they're like, is this Jesus really worth it? You know, is this Jesus really worth it? So they come for for things and they go through small trial and they are found wanting. So the genuineness of their faith at that point is, is, is not genuine, if I should say. It's not genuine because they came with a certain promise which is not the gospel. Which is not the gospel. So when we, are, when we go out to preach, yes, in Christ we get all these benefits. There is healing, there is provision, there is security, there is all that. But that is not the primary focus. All that is additional. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all those things will be added. So yes, they should come, and God can heal them. God can provide for them. He can do all that. But that is not the primary message. The primary message is that their souls will be saved. And, and the primary message is where they are going to spend eternity. Hallelujah. All the other things will be added. So let's not preach the, the other benefits as the sole focus of the gospel, because it is not. And, and that will leave people wanting. And, and when people go through trials, that is when, um, you know, the genuineness of their faith, their faith is tested. Amen. Anyway, this is not my message for this morning. You know, Pastor Sam is influencing me. So whenever I'm preaching, I have two messages. <laughs> so now let me go, let me go to my focus. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm looking at the verse from the verse 13 to 25. Um, so now we, we have the context. We know how the, the, the chapter started. So verse 13, it says, Therefore, after all these things, telling them about how they were saved, you know, what the hope of their calling is, you know, that kind of thing. It says, Therefore, get up your loins, the loins of your mind, be sober. And rest your hope fully on the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, so if, if you are, you know, after this, you are going to have games and all. So even if you forget everything that I said, remember this. It says, rest your hope fully on the grace. Mm -hmm. Rest your hope fully on the grace. Remember that. 
I know after the games, you'll forget most of the things that I said, but remember that. Rest your hope fully on the grace. Don't rest your hope in your strength. Don't rest your hope in your works. Fully on the grace. Because it's the grace that I brought you into the Christian fold and it's the grace that's going to keep you to the end. Rest your hope fully on the grace. It is the grace and nothing else. It's the grace. Amen. The grace. It says, as obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lusts, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, so you also be holy in all your conduct. So as I gave you the context, it's talking about who they are now, you know, what the hope of their calling is, telling them to rest their hope on the grace. Now it's telling them, okay, yeah, this is how you are now. Now live out the life that you now have. Because he who called you, or he who has begotten you is holy. So just, that is who you are now. Just live it out. Amen. But as you live it out, don't rest your hope on, on that life that you are living now. Rest your hope. Let your eyes be on the grace and live out the life. Amen. Amen. So it's not about, am I walking holy enough? Or, you know, that kind of thing. But let your hope be on Jesus. Let Amen. your hope be on the grace and live out the life that you now have. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Live out the life that you now have. Because it is written, be holy, for I'm holy. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear. It's not saying uh, be, be, be fearful. It's not saying be fearful. But it's saying what I explained earlier on. You know, and, and even Pastor Sam explained um, yesterday that it's, it's not about, um, about the works. You know, for, so far, everything that I've read, it's not saying rest your hope on the works that you do, that you'll be saved or anything like that. The hope of the calling is always on Jesus. It's always on the grace. But the things that we do in Christ, after we come, Based, in, based on the giftings he has given us, the calling, whatever he's telling us to do. Yes, the Bible is saying, even in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 3, I believe, it talks about how all that is going to pass through fire to test the genuineness of the works that we did. Not to attain salvation, but after we attain sal salvation through the grace, the works that we do, all that will pass through fire to see the genuineness of what we did in Christ. The way we're doing it, um, because we saw other people doing it. Were we doing it to impress Pastor Sam? Were we doing it just, just so people know, well, you know, Elder Ben can also do this, or he can also pray, or he can also preach. You know, what was the genuineness of what we did? Verse 18, it says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conducts received by traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as the lamp without blemish or spot. Hallelujah. It says, knowing that you were not redeemed by corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by traditions from your father, but by the precious blood of the lamb without blemish and spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world that was manifest in these last times for you. Hallelujah. And we know in Hebrews, the Bible says that as hundred times God spoke to the 
others through the prophets. But now in our days, he speaks to us through the revelation of his son or through his son. Hallelujah. He has been manifested to us in, in First Peter. He says he has been manifested to us in these last times through Jesus, who, who was foreordained before the foundations of the earth. Hallelujah. And this is what our hope should be on, knowing that we're bought with a precious blood. And, you know, I'm just trying to explain it, break it down, you know, so that we, we get it. I know we've heard it over and over again, but let's just assume, I mean, you are just a, a normal person, a, a regular person, as in like this worldly standards and a very wealthy person. Uh, adopts you so now he has ab adopted you and he owns let's say everything he owns everything so now you are in his house let's say that's the palace let's say he's the king you own everything so now what do you, you have to begin to live your life as that's that rich person's son as as an adopted son of the king who owns everything you have to live your life that way and According to the contract, it's not like, well, if you do one thing wrong, the king is getting rid of you. He's kicking you out of the palace. The king loves you so much, and that is why he begot you, and that is why he brought you part of his family. He loves you so much. So he's saying that, you know, just look at, you know, the grace I had upon you and brought you into the family. Don't look at, at anything that you did because you were even doing all the wrong things you had even defaulted you had done all the wrong things before i brought you to be a part of my family i didn't look at all the things that you did all the negative things no i brought you in just because i love you so enjoy everything i have enjoy everything i have tell people about my kingdom tell people about everything i have because i want more people to enjoy the riches that i have mm. that's what the rich man the rich man is telling the, the begotten son you know, tell people about me because I want more people to enjoy what you are enjoying right now. Amen. You know, live like you are part of the kingdom, but don't keep your focus on that. Let your focus be on the love that I showed you and brought you to be a part of the kingdom. Amen. Amen. You know, like the prodigal son, you know, he left. He was coming back. He thought the father would be mad at him. You know, he was going to beg. But when the father saw him coming, he organized a big party for him. He organized a big, he didn't count his sins against him. He didn't say, you know, you squandered all the money, so, you know, you have to scrub the bathroom every, every week as your punishment. <laughs> you know, he didn't, he didn't add any condition. He says, you know, we're organizing a party for you. Go and wear the best clothes for him. Hallelujah. And that rich man is Jesus. That rich man is Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't look, at, don't look at the works. You know, live out the new life you have in you. He is holy, and because of that, he has made you holy. So live out that life. It's not by your own strength. No man by his own strength can live holy. <laughs> it's not by your own strength. And no man by his own strength can be holy. He has made us holy through his spirit in us and through the grace in us. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 In verse 22, it says, Since you have been purified, or since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. 
love one another fervently with a pure heart. Um, just recently, was it a couple of days ago, um, Pastor Sam added, um, was it Mami, to the, the WhatsApp group? And I like what Elder Oz wrote there. He says, welcome to Fifth Generation. Love is the hallmark. <laughs> yeah, he says something like that. Love is the hallmark. And I'm like, yeah, that, that, that is what it is. The scripture here is saying that love one another fervently with a pure heart. Every time after our meetings, Pastor Sam will be like, share the love of God with one another. And, and that is what the kingdom is about. And that fifth generation, that is what we are about. Loving one another Amen. with a pure heart. Amen. You know, and it, it, it's, it's just awesome that the love that we experience here, and let's not keep it here. Let's just, because it, that is who we are. That is what flows through our spirit. So let's not just end it here. Let's not withhold it when that love is showing forth, even at the workplace, you know, at when you meet your friends, because that is how they know who you are. That is how they know the spirit that you have. The spirit that we have is a spirit of love. Amen. So when we say love one another, it's not just within the church folk. At the workplace, you know, there's that guy there, that lady there who's trying to compete with you to impress the boss. Love her unconditionally. Amen. You know, Amen. she does all that, but show her love. You know, your boss is a tyrant. He does everything. Show him love. And that's the difference between you and the worldly person. That's the difference between the spirit you have and the spirit of the world. Oh, I see, brother, no other. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hallelujah. It says, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Motive is also very important. Don't just say, I love you on the line just because Pastor Sam says you should say it. You know, there are so many ways to show love. You know, pray for the brethren. Um, sometimes we pray on the line, somebody's going through something. Sometimes, you know, people lose loved ones. People um, have additions to the family. You know, there are so many ways you can give, you can pray for them. There are so many ways. You can even give them a call just to let them know I'm thinking about you. That is showing love. Amen. Showing love. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And then again, you know, one thing I like about this first Peter chapter is it keeps talking about incorruptible and incorruptible seed. You know, always comparing that, you know, what we have now is incorruptible. Nothing in this world can corrupt it. Letting us know that when we keep our faith on it, it's, it's rest assured. Nothing, nothing can move it. Nothing can move it. Amen. You know, men could fail. The richest man in the world could promise you money and fail you. Because that, he could lose that money. Or something could come up and he will need that money for something else. He could be the richest man in the world. He could fail you. The most revered pastor in the world, I don't know whoever your pastor is, he can fail you because he's a man. Yeah. Because he's a man. But this grace, this faith, this Jesus, that first Peter is talking about here, he keeps talking about the fact that it's incorruptible. It cannot be corrupted. Because everything in this world will fade away. Whether it's the sunflower that you see in the summer, it will fade away. Or the beautiful blue ocean, it could turn green when there is bacteria and algae in there. You know, everything decays. Even our, our own body, you know, you see, you know, Pastor Sal, Sister Lauren, no wrinkle, you know, only dimple. 
you know. <laughs> you see them in 60 years and you're like, oh, Pastor Sam, you know, where's this, where's this wrinkle from? You know, <laughs> you know, and, and that is the world that we are in. Everything decays, like everything is corruptible, but, but our souls, which um, because of the faith we now have is incorruptible. It will not decay. Hallelujah. And that's how our faith should be. It should stand the test of time. It should stand trials when we go through them. It should not be, be corruptible, you know. It should not be corruptible. Verse 23. I'm almost done here. We just have one hour to go. It says, uh, <laughs> Having been born again, not of, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Amen. Through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Hallelujah. Because all, fle all flesh is as grass, and the glory of man is, at the is as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flowers fall off. But the word of God endures forever. But the word of God endures forever. Amen. You know, yesterday, Pastor Pastor Tom was preaching, I just, I thought of something. The Bible says the word of God is the more, true, the sure word of prophecy. You know, the sure word of prophecy. And sometimes people go around, um, you know, chasing prophets because they want to hear something nice. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if these prophets are led by the igusi they ate the night before, they could, they could, they could be tempted to say, to say things pleasing to the ears. <laughs> you know, they could be tempted. And sometimes they are, they, are, they are speaking, you know, a word of knowledge, word of wisdom, but they mix it with, you know, some things that the itchy ear wants to hear. And, and, and that moves men. That can change the course that a person is going. But if we can stick to this, if we can stick to the scriptures, you know, it's, it's good to have prophets. It's good to have the word of knowledge, word of, is good. But if it does not align with this, you know, I'm sorry, you know, just take your prophetic word and go. You know, just take your prophetic word and go. You know, this is the, the sure word of prophecy. This is the sure word of prophecy. So if we need direction for our lives, go here, go into the word. God may send a prophet, which is perfect, which is great, but God's word. God, God's word should be our first resort. Hallelujah. God's word should be our first resort. He says, now this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you. The word by which the gospel was preached to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God's word is the word that lives and abides forever. Whatever we might be going through, if it's sickness, go to the word. What does the word say? And what, what is the doctor saying? Who do you believe? <laughs> Who do you believe? Hallelujah. Even if you are struggling with materialism or, you know, there are a lot of believers who believe in God, all right, but, you know, it's just a lot of carnal thinking, a lot of materialism. You know, all they're thinking about is this world and everything. Just go back to the word. The, the word of God or what God has in store for us is more than that. Mm -hmm. It's more than the, the, big, the bigger car that you need or the bigger house that you need. Mm 
And sometimes, you know, people fast and pray about these things so much that by next year I must have a bigger house. And when it doesn't happen, then they're like, you know, God, I pay my tithe, I trust you, I do this, I do that, I do that. But is that the core focus of the gospel of the faith? And because of that, certain people are even upset with God and all that because I trusted you for a bigger car and I didn't get it. You know, and, you know, it's, it's I don't want to use the word pathetic, but, you know, <laughs> you know, the Bible says that if only in this life we have hope in Christ, then we are of all men the most pitiable. You know, because we've reduced the grace that the scripture here says that we should focus on. We've reduced it to just material things. We will just die and leave. We'll just die and leave. You know, yeah, like, like this year alone, I've known quite a few people who have lost their lives. And, you know, like I lost my dad late last year. He was buried this year. I mean, his house is still there. <laughs> his clothing are still there. He left his car. He didn't take it with him. You know, and the last time I checked, even his bank, his bank account is still open. He didn't close it and take all the money with him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Life is way more than the things that we see. Mm. So let, let's, let's focus on that. Let's focus on that. Amen. Let's focus on that. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's... And like I said at the start, I just want to say this again. Rest your hope fully on the grace. Rest your hope fully on the grace. Regardless of whatever we are trusting God for, it's not about what you have done. It's what about he did. It's not about what you will do. It's what about he It's It's all about what he did. It's all about what he did. So rest your hope on the grace. Rest your hope on the grace. Hallelujah. Amen. Just want to open your mouth. Just just speak in tongues. Yes. You know, just let this word get into your spirit. My heart is to love you more.